This is the daily lectionary comments for October the 9th. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, where Moses teaches the people uh, about how and why God humbled them all this time uh, in the wilderness, what it is that they were to learn from this. And Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse 24, Jesus continues to discuss how the church participates in his own authority and what they can expect from that. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Of course, this is a, a very famous chapter of Deuteronomy. This is uh, uh, typically our reading for uh, Thanksgiving Eve. So we'll, we'll be having this, uh, this um, very lesson here in a few weeks. Now, uh, note that in verse 1 and 2, the emphasis on keeping the whole covenant and remembering the whole way uh, in which the Lord led them through the wilderness. Don't forget anything. Don't cherry pick, but bring out the whole thing. Now here, Moses is going to be talking about how God humbled uh, these people while they're in the wilderness. They've been in the wilderness 38 years longer than they were originally intended to be there because of their refusal to enter the promised land uh, at the first. So there's much talk about God humbling his people. First, he let them hunger he let them get hungry, and then he fed them, but he fed them with manna, manna that they would get and gather up only in the morning, uh, only enough for, for one day, and that was it. And for, so, so by this means, this humbling, uh, Moses, rather than satisfying their every craving, teaches them discipline to their body. Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread, and when he says daily bread, he's hearkening back to this idea of the manna, that God gives us enough that we need for a given day. And then we exercise discipline. Discipline meaning that we trust God day by day for what he'll provide us rather than hoarding, uh, you know, everything we have now because today, because we don't trust that he's going to be there for us tomorrow. So it's discipline for our body to accept and trust that the Lord will give us what we need day by day. What it also is, is to teach us that we may learn that a man does not live on bread alone. So you can be hungry. That's okay. And you can rely upon me to give you just enough bread for a day, day by day. What you need to learn for sure is that bread alone is not where the life of a man comes from, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So this discipline was for the body and also for the soul to teach us to check the cravings of our body and also to long for and see the need for the word of God. He humbled us also this way, uh, Moses said, it, by way of discipline. So he's disciplining us not in anger. This isn't so much a punishment, but it is, it is in the way of a father dealing with a son. He disciplines his son uh, whom he loves. And so God is disciplining these people. 38 years ago, you refused to enter into the promised land. You're about to enter into the promised land. You hopefully have learned some discipline over the last 38 years. You're going to need it. You're not going to need it because when you get into the promised land, it's going to be more arid wilderness like you've grown accustomed to living in. In fact, God is not going to give them manna anymore once they go into the promised land because there'll be plenty of food there. In fact, that's the whole point. This is a land of plenty. And if having scarcity was something that you needed to, to discipline with in order to learn to live on the word of God, more difficult 
than having a lack to learn to trust in God. It's having plenty and still trust in God. So the warnings of Moses is do not forget the Lord your God when you get amongst all these blessings. Absolutely do not do that. And, and um, you know, it says here also uh, that the Lord humbled you in order to put you to the test. But all this humbling and all this testing of the Lord was for this purpose. It says here in verse 16, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Now, that's what we mean by the Lord's discipline. It's what he brings upon us that we need, that we're not doing ourselves, that he's going to bring it to us. Maybe it's painful. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's pleasant. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's obvious. Maybe it's not. But it is always meant for our good. The Lord does not punish his people uh, just as an act of retribution. But he may punish us as an act uh, to get us to fix and to repent and to change our ways. Uh, and he may also train us and test us, deprive us where we need depriving, give us more than we want of another thing so that we can learn to deal with that. These people are going to go into the promised land and they're going to find that more difficult than living without in the wilderness and trusting God for their daily bread. It will be even more difficult in the promised land to continue trusting in God once he is providing you bounty such as you have never had before. So they need this discipline. And Moses is telling them, God has been disciplining you. He's been treating you like a son and you're going to need it. In Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse 24, Jesus is continuing on the theme uh, of the church uh, participating and partaking of Jesus' own authority, doing the things that Jesus did uh, in his place. And, um, uh, but this also and includes, as I mentioned yesterday, this is not only the good stuff, able to do the miracles and all of that, but it is also to participate in the sufferings of Jesus. So Jesus first talks about the persecutions that will come. The world has a sword and it's going to use it. Okay. It's going to use it against them. But verse 26 says, do not fear them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be shown. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, don't fear them. Don't fear them who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Jesus is referring to God. God is the only one who can destroy a soul in hell. The devil cannot do that. Human beings cannot do that. They can take a sword and chop us into little bits, and after that, uh, they're done. They've done their worst, uh, but God, uh, his power to destroy us, has no end. So the world is going to do this. It's going to drag us in, in front of magistrates. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to threaten us. It, it's going to try to scare us uh, away from doing our duty before our Lord or trusting in him. But it turns out that, that uh, uh, Jesus is by our side. He is with us. Um, the, a sparrow doesn't fall from the sky. Apart from your heavenly father, you're worth more than many, many sparrows. 
So don't worry about that. Uh, turns out, though, that Jesus himself has a sword as well. The sword that Jesus has is not a sword with which one cuts somebody else up into little pieces. It's the sword of the word of God. And it does cut. It cuts metaphorically to the very heart and, uh, of the, uh, of the uh, heart of a human being and divides our soul and our spirit. Uh, and it convicts and it converts and it does all kinds of powerful things. Jesus brings that kind of sword. That kind of sword, the sword of the word of God, is also going to bring division. It's going to bring division. It's going to divide families. It's going to divide communities. It's going to divide friends. It's going to do that. It's also going to test people. Because when these divisions come, you're going to be called to decide whether you love your mother, father, wife, husband, children, your life more than Jesus or not. The test is whether you are worthy of the kingdom of God. And there's one right answer, and that's to follow Jesus wherever he would go. Look, I will say this very quickly. This is not to say that if you fail at any point uh, to choose Jesus over other things in this world that you love, then you're automatically going to hell. That's not his point. His point, however, is if at any point you choose anything other than the Lord Jesus, if you choose something over him, you deserve to go to hell. You have chosen a path that would take you to hell. You have turned your back on one that is much more worthy. And yes, if you were to continue down that path, then yes, the end of it is death. But we all sometimes flinch and we don't uh, always make the right choice all the time. But Jesus is making it abundantly clear to us uh, what the right choice is. And then finally, in all of this, the, the, the Lord's sword and all the suffering and so forth, there's the judgment that's happening. And that is, whoever acknowledges me, I will acknowledge him. Okay, so th this is the, the proclamation of the gospel. When that sword of the Spirit reaches out to somebody and a person through the Holy Spirit because of the word of the gospel that's been preached to them, acknowledges Jesus as Lord and Savior and calls upon the name of the Lord. Jesus himself will acknowledge him as one of his own. We can say that person is saved, but Jesus says, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. This is the fruits of all of this. We're not going into the, into the world bearing the sword of Jesus, the sword of the word. Jesus himself is not bearing the sword of the word just to cause division and trouble, but it is to save those who are perishing in this world. So everybody who acknowledges the Lord, he will acknowledge. They will be grafted into his people. They will be numbered among the saints of God. And they are the rich harvest that Jesus is sending the apostles out in order to gather up. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so Jesus says, go and do with my authority what I was doing. And whoever hears you, hears me. And whoever acknowledges me, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. And in this way, we will beat down the devil and the world, and we will bring everlasting light and life to this present darkness.